to another episode of Raven Conversations, the show where we bring you the news and information around Washington National Guard and the Washington Military Department. I'm Jason Christ. Thanks for joining me today. In this episode, I sit down and chat with Marilyn Gerhardt and Tramal Williams. Both are sergeants first class in the Recruiting and Retention Battalion. I wanted to get an insider's perspective on what it takes to be a recruiter. I wanted to get a better understanding about the process of enlisting a new recruit from first meeting all the way to shipping to basic training. These two recruiters are a couple of the top recruiters out in the field right now, and they talk about what makes them so successful as well as going into some of the struggles that they face. You can tell that these two are passionate about what they do, just by how enthusiastic they are in talking about their jobs. Thanks for listening, and here are Marilyn Gerhardt and Tramal Williams. Um, Thanks, guys, for for coming on, uh, joining me here today. Um, I have Sergeant First Class Tramal. Yes. Tramal Williams and Sergeant First Class Marilyn Gerhardt, and they are members of the... Recruiting and Retention oh, Unit, yes. yeah. Recruiting and Retention Battalion, and we're here to talk about everything recruiting <laughs> and what it takes. We can and give you some info on that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess I'll just kick it off and kind of walk me through an enlistment. Somebody who never been in before comes into your uh, – storefront and just says I want to enlist and then take me from that moment to basic training well that's what we call a unicorn because that <laughs> doesn't happen very often right. especially right? now that doesn't happen oh, it doesn't even if they are a unicorn it's going to take a little bit for anybody now okay for sure but so if you want to go with that one I can tell you like initially coming into recruiting they tell you there's three things we got to do recruiting uh recruit uh, retention and attrition. They don't talk about processing. Processing is like a whole other thing. That I wish they would say there's four tenants to recruiting instead of three because if you can have those other three, if you don't know processing or you don't have a good GC keeping you on your toes and so you learn the processing, you are mm. going to be abysmal. You're just going to lose an enlistment because of just ignorance and negligence. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because you can get all that stuff, but if you don't know how to process and know the, intri- like the intricacies of MEPS or recruiting or paperwork or waivers, you lost someone and you pretty much just either ruin their focus or, you know, they just give up. They're like, they don't want to do it, and they might have been a great soldier. And processing hmm. takes time. I mean, you, you don't just learn that overnight or over a few weeks. It takes years, and it's always yeah. changing. So, um, yeah, if you can get good at that, then you're, 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 you're it. You're perfect. Okay. Um, but, yeah, to go back to your question, um, to get an applicant from start to finish – um, I mean, you know, they walk into your office, you have the initial appointment, we talk about what interests them, them in the guard, mm-hmm. right, what, why they came into your office, and then once we figure that out, we try to tie something that we have um, to offer them, um, and then, you know, it's it becomes more and more of something that they want to do, and then we talk about the process, um, which once, once if they've come into your office already, you know they're somewhat committed already, mm-hmm. okay? You can ask for confirmation at the end. How does that sound? Does it sound like something you want to do? Yeah, you got all the, the buying signals and the head nods and whatnot, and, and you're like, okay, processing, and here we go, um, which which you want to make sure that they're qualified, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if... Um, 
right now, what, what you put in my head is that I got this unicorn and they are perfectly qualified. No medical issues or law violations. Those are the type of things that, um, you know, are, are big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the other stuff we can work around or, um, or whatnot. But you start the process, um, which is you know, an application, uh, core documents, and then uh, a practice ASVAB. Okay. Got, want to see if they qualify. Yeah, that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah, definitely. And then um, move them, move, and then set a date for MEPS. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really liked to s- plant the seed of when are we going to MEPS as soon as they commit. Even if it's that, yes. if, even if it's during that appointment, hey, you know what? MEPS is 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 looking like there's not too many people next Tuesday and Wednesday. Those probably are going to be the best days. How does that sound? Do you think you could get out of school? <laughs> um, so plant that seed, um, and then hopefully by that next week, I have all my all my processing done. Right, all the admin documents. Um, if I had to do something something special like a, like a waiver or something, obviously we won't be going next week because we're going to be waiting on that. But um, but that's pretty much it. You got to keep um, engaged when they leave your office. You know, s- send them a text. Um, you know, you talk about personal things. I, mm-hmm. I I'm I wasn't the one to like talk about jobs on the first initial appointment. Oh, yeah, unless, I never did. unless we were going to Meps soon. That was like the last thing I did. Yeah. Last thing. You don't mm-hmm. want to no get there. Yet. Let me get them comfortable with everything. And I know that's probably why I was a nightmare <laughs> to you. I, would, I did the same thing as As soon as I got the yes and everything they want to do, I would try to project immediately. I wouldn't have half the things that I needed. To, I know she needed that a check, but I would project three weeks out and then I would still baby step to that point. But at least mm-hmm. I knew I had a date. They had a date Definitely. and I knew MEPS couldn't say, oh, no, we're full. So I knew it was a nightmare, especially last year. I was probably helping seven to 15 people at a time. And I was trying to do as much as I needed to do where I could start with the next person. Mm. And then as I get closer to that three weeks, that date, two days or three days before, I would have so many nasty girls like, you forgot to do this and this? And I was like, I really did. I completely forgot I had to fix that for that person. All right, got to stop working with you, 15. Let's go back to this person because you've got two days in. And so, yeah, that processing and just making sure you're helping people to the point where you're not forgetting, yeah. it, it, it gets troublesome. But you can, we got a good team in RRB. I'm telling you, we have a lot of good mentors. We have a lot of good people that have knowledge. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. And I will tell you, well, there's one thing about recruiting. If you're not cutting it, you're probably going to get removed out. So if you know someone's above you, they probably did well at some point in time. That's everything we've always learned as NCOs and even soldiers. Even if you're a bad NCO or a bad mentor, there's something you can probably take from them. You don't have to emulate them. Just be better than them, but mm-hmm. take a little bit from what they did right. And we learn that every day in recruiting. Yeah. And that's what we try to preach to all our soldiers. Just, hey, you might not like me, but remember how I took care of you. So when you're an NCO <laughs> and you're yeah. in the same position as I am, you will take care of someone because I took care of you. You will never say I didn't take care of you or help you at any point in time because I answered the phone when you called. I was there at your enlistments. I showed up at your drills. I made sure I was at your promotions. I texted you on your birthday. I haven't <laughs> forgot about you. I, I still text all my soldiers, hey, happy anniversary. It's two years in. And they yeah. go, you, I thought you would. How do you remember? I don't remember the day I joined. I yeah. remember everything. In, in <laughs> fact, when I came and let you in Building 1, you were uh, this, uh, oh, yeah. coming in here, you were talking to one of your former – Former recruits. It's a I listed him that, in 2018. I was just yeah. doing my 2018 rounds, just checking on them on the drive. Especially when I'm driving from MEPS to MEPS, I have no car. I start calling all That's, of them, not to push them for leads or anything, just to make sure they're okay, yeah. see if they got their bonuses, make sure they're not in trouble. I'll go talk to the readiness NCOs, and as soon as they say, I don't even know what you're talking about, that's how it's supposed to be. Good. <laughs> they haven't been in trouble. Nice. Thank you. That's a, that's a good quality. Yes. Um, I so, like, yeah. oh, sorry. No, no, absolutely. Go ahead. He's, he, you know, Tramal 
mentioned that we have some really good leaders here in RRB, and they're just trying to push us to be better. And I would have to agree, we have some of the, the greatest leaders I've ever had you know the honor of working with um, but also our recruiters like right now they already have what it takes as far as just product knowledge and motivation like they are already like so far so much farther than me when I first started that they you know they they're just they're they're so hungry you know what I mean mm-hmm. I, I listen listening to them on, on the mm-hmm. telephone last night we did telephone prospecting last night and I was just like whoa they have some things that I never thought of that sound really good, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be exactly who I was, but um, like like Tramal said, take a little bit from who you can, yeah. whoever that is, even if it's a new guy. You know. You guys mentioned the process. You know, it sounds like it's a lot of you know paperwork and time and appointments. Like, what is what is the ideal timeline from you know from yes, I'll I'll join to to shipping off to. So that's that's something you have to learn. Is like Sergeant Hager was saying. With the processing, I have my processing down. Even with the new Emeralds policy, I can get everything done and done in two appointments. It used mm-hmm. to be like, okay, one appointment, pre-screen them. Next appointment, review the packet. Next appointment, signing documents. Next appointment, checking core documents. Next appointment, let's pick a job and when you want to go to MEPS. Mm-hmm. I got it all down to two. We'll do everything in the beginnings, fingerprints. Once they once they bought in, I asked them, do you have any more time? They're like, oh, I do. Oh, yeah. Let's do this packet real quick. Mm-hmm. Let's get everything that's in your head right now. Let's get everything going. Then I'm going to send you the ASVAB once you get home. Take it in the next two days. Mm-hmm. So when you come back in to sign these core documents, you already know what you placed in the test. We can start talking jobs. We can start seeing that date that we said we were going to go to MEPS just to make sure it's finalized. And then two days, good. And then I can go start focusing on the next person and then just wait until that time comes around because everything's already loaded. So it helps me help the GC as well so I don't have any mistakes because I did everything on those two, everything they watched me upload, everything. And the only thing I really have to upload now is just the, uh, there's this form called the 907 where you put all that information on one document so they know exactly what you're looking for when they come up. And that's like the last mm-hmm. thing that, and well, I guess the vacancy request. Mm-hmm. But processing, yeah, it used to take a week <laughs> when I first got in. Now yeah. it's just two. Two, two appointments. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd have to agree with him. I think I think if they said, yeah, I got all kinds of time, okay, I'm building that packet right now, right now. Mm-hmm. And then um, the follow-up appointment would be anything that we couldn't cover during that first initial. If it was like a, a core document that I needed to receive or a high school letter or, or just whatever needed to get done um, to finalize the mm-hmm. application and sending that person a message. And, and it's not robotic or, you know, we're now we're just dismissive of who they are. Like, it's still a give and take, like what we're doing right now. So as soon as I start doing documents, I still BS with them while we're doing all of it. Mm-hmm. I still go over and make fun of the people's names that they give me. And, yeah, it's just it, you still got to be that reproachable and that rapport building while you're doing it. Don't make it seem like, oh, you got a job. I got you. Mm-hmm. Now let's just move from point A to Z. No, there's still all these letters between that you still got to figure out who this person is. Just because they told you, hey, this is why I'm joining, you probably still haven't got to that actual real reason yet. They don't know you yet. They're just telling you mm-hmm. why they came, and they didn't say what for. Do you find that most people n- know what they want to do uh, when they come to you? Or do you, do you I guys will, will kind of talk them towards a, a, a Recommend, certain, like re- yeah, recommending like, something. This yeah, would be yeah. good for you, depending yeah, on yeah. your, especially looking at their ASVAB score. Or, or, do, or um, do most people know what they I want? I think it's like a 50-50. You know, yeah. some yeah. people got to have... 11 Bravo. Some people got to have, yeah. you know, combat medic, but others are like, you know, this is, a, this sounds really good. I'm, you know, I'm going to college. I, um, you know, what do you like to do? 
do you like to work with your hands? Do you like <laughs> to do paperwork? Um, you want to you, you want to go camping like infantry does? Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's like, camping. what is it? Yeah, I mean. Camping yeah. with friends, right? Yeah. What I try to do, if anyone comes in, it's not my job to disappoint them or take away their dreams. Yeah. So if they come and tell me what they want and then they take that as, but they don't qualify, mm -hmm. I tell them, okay, this is what we got to do to get this job. Let's try it a couple more. Let's try one more time and see if you do better. But mm -hmm. go study this and this, and in a month we'll take it again. And then if they come in again and they don't do well, then I still, you know, start telling them it's not the end of the world because I don't want them to feel discouraged because when people start failing, they, they get down on themselves. Yep, like, yep. listen. The guard doesn't have to be that. Do you want to do that in your civilian job? Well, yeah. Just pick one of these jobs, get in. You can go to school for it, and I'll show you how to do that. And that's all I promise them. I tell them, I can't make any choices for you. I can't do any of these decisions. Only thing I can promise you is I'm going to lay out all your options. You make the best choice. If it's good or bad, I'm going to be there to help you. Mm -hmm. Until you tell me you don't need me anymore, I'm going to be there to help you. I'm going to bother you. I'm not going to micromanage you, but I'm going to bother you just so you know that you're okay. Mm -hmm. And just and that's one thing about being a recruiter too. If you're honest with your people about who you are and what you're going to do, they will understand. So if you're a person that likes to be around their back and hang out with them, let them know, like, hey, I'd like to take all my soldiers on hikes. Is that something that you're not going to be cool with? Well, no, I'm okay. Then okay. Or if you're a recruiter, it's like, hey, I'm going to call you once a week and just to see how you're doing. And if you have any issues, let me know. You just got to be honest with them who you mm -hmm. are. Or like, I, I, Even when I'm sitting down and say you're a new applicant, if you, my phone calls and it's an app, one of my old soldiers, I tell them, hey, listen, I got to answer this. When you, if you do decide to go this route, I will do the same for you. I will answer anytime you call, and I'll let the person know I'm with what I'm doing. Just be honest, so they know that no matter what I'm doing, I will answer that phone, and that helps people really start to trust you. Because, and then they test you with it. They're like, just testing, just to see if you answer. I even had, I even had three uh, at basic. Their drill sergeants got them Taco Bell because they were like, hey, we told uh, drill sergeant, uh, I can't remember his name, that you would answer the phone no matter what, no matter who calls. So he called me from his phone. He's like, hey, is this uh, Staff Sergeant Williams? I was like, yeah. All right, I owe your three soldiers uh, Taco Bell. And I was like, basic? He's like, yeah, I told him no recruiter answers their phone after they leave. I was like, oh, well, I can tell you what they like. He's like, you know what they like? I was like, I bought them Taco Bell too, man. That's how they got you. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, like, you guys are uh, a couple of the top recruiters. Um, in fact, you won. I'll top say it's luck. This job is 100%, well, 90% luck and 10% knowledge. Really? I, 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 it's more lucky it's a than... lot of luck. Cause... It really is. Yeah. Really? I'm telling you, when I first got into recruiting, they preach, you need to make phone calls, make phone calls, make phone calls. And I was so awkward on phone calls. I'm telling you, because I worked in a lab. I just knew how to type stuff on a computer and tell a doctor well, why someone yeah. was dying. So when they told me I needed to tell someone over the phone that I never met, they can't see me smiling, they can't see my face, and then trying to remember everything I learned at the school and trying to smile in my words, <laughs> it was just fighting each other. So I was like, I'm going to go to the streets. And so I just started doing what I like to call my mayoral duties. I would go shake hands and kiss babies and tell <laughs> everyone about the guard. So when I did yeah. start making phone calls, instead of people going, I don't know who you are, like, oh, yeah, I remember you. You're that dude that just talked with me. Didn't mention guard to him, just talked to him. So it made it so much easier. And so I started thinking, I'm just going to meet everybody in every town and every shop and just go everywhere. And then I just started meeting random people. Or mm -hmm. people would say, hey, Here's his number. Here's the card of the guy. You should call him. And I would get tons of referrals from just people I've met at events. Very, very good at face-to-face -face yes, prospecting. I love face-to-face. -face. Me and phones yeah. don't do so well. Yeah, me yeah. going out and meeting everybody, it works so much better. Like, I do all – like, when I tell you my first two appointments I, that I have with someone, the first one I do in my office just to make it more approachable, more concerning so they can see it's one-on-one. -on -one. After that, I do everything at their homes or their job where I've, now it's an not an inconvenience to them So because people – 
anyone knows anything about people. As soon as something becomes an inconvenience, they stop. They give up. So I start, they give me a government vehicle. I can drive. They give me gas, a car to go do it. So I'll go meet people and talk mm -hmm. about the guard around their family and their friends and their coworkers because you never know that they might actually want the same stuff. They just didn't know about it. I used to get approached by tons of people walking out of their jobs like, hey, do you mind if I have an appointment with you too? Uh, I heard everything you were talking about. I, I think I can use that as well. Mm -hmm. Me, Would, not yeah. so much good at face-to-face uh, -face prospecting. Um, I had a rough time when I first came to RB. Um, I had just joined the, the Guard. Um, I was prior service Army, and I had probably like a, over a three-and-a-half-year break. So I kind of just did all my – I mean, I dumped everything Army, and then when I joined the Guard, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a tech and work on airframe. And uh, and then my recruiter was like, hey, uh, you want to be a recruiter? And I'm like, I don't know. What's it – I mean, what do they – I mean, what do, what do I have to do? Oh, well, here, there's this thing called AGR. So I, I got hired three months after joining, and I feel like the first, like, year of my struggle was just getting to know the guard. I wasn't mm -hmm. in the guard. I don't know any of yeah. the benefits of the guard. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so that it's hard to talk to people when right, you, too, right. are learning about the guard. So I think that um, more or less my success just came from, you know, the basic stuff. You know what I mean? That um, that telephone prospecting, and I did a whole bunch of mail-outs that, um, that, that were pretty productive, um, getting into my schools, you know, getting into JRTC and um, hosting events, all those like basic things that recruiters, I mean, sh should be doing. That's outlined in our in our um, in our job. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think I did just the the, the basic tasks, but um, just a, just a little bit more. Um, but I think that's that's where you know you. You learn who you are as a person and, and your work ethic, and this job really challenges you, you know what I mean, to manage your own time. Mm -hmm. um, you guys are you, a lot you, on your own. Yes. Oh, yeah. If you don't know how to manage your time, oh, yeah. you're going to fail at this job. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You're, this is the biggest boy pro – I've been telling new recruiters, this is the biggest boy program you could ever get on. This, is, this, is, this can eat you alive, or it can be very rewarding if you do, if you do well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or you can almost kill yourself because you're working too much. <laughs> oh, man. that's what I did in my first year. Like what the same struggle as Sergeant Gerhard. I didn't really know a lot of the benefits that the guard offered. I didn't remember all the ones from the army. I remember the ones I used in the mm. guard. So I just started this. I went to uh, retention and Chief Four. I was like, Hey, can I get anyone who's ETSing soon? And he's like, Why? Well, I was like, I just want to call them see if they want to stay in. Like, okay. So I called them all and I didn't ask them to stay in. I was just like, Why are you getting out? Mm -hmm. And what did you like about the guard? And I wrote it all down and I just started eating all that up and just memorizing it. And I was like, Okay. So I can tell people the cons of the Guard and what the good things about the Guard. Because mm -hmm. I knew all the cons and good things about the Army. I just didn't know about the Guard per se. Mm -hmm. And then once I got that, it just, it all started clicking. Because then, yeah, it just, it clicked. Yeah. But. It did click. Yeah. Uh, about the 18-month mark for me, 18, I don't know, somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it takes a little while. What, uh, what do you like about your job? Oh, this is the greatest job. So like I told you, I used to be, I, no, technically I I'm still job. a microbiologist, but this job is. That sounds cool. From from the beginning, I didn't really notice it in the beginning. Once I started having soldiers come back and all of them returning and all of them at their units and then popping in and talking with them, seeing that they've actually progressed in some way, shape or form. I can honestly say none of the people that I've enlisted have regressed in any way, shape or form. They're all either moving forward. They all, a lot of them got full-time jobs with the guard. A lot of them were using this as stepping stones couple mm. just finished college. One's about to get promoted to sergeant. And 
seeing actual something tangible of what I helped someone do yeah. is like way more rewarding than me telling a doctor that, hey, this is why this person's dying. This is why they're sick. I didn't see anyone. I never got, to, I used to always call the doctors their uh, glory stealers because they didn't do anything. People would come in and get diagnosed, and then they'd send everything to me, and I'd figure out why they're dying and tell them how to cure them. And then the person would thank them and say, thank you, doctor, for saving me. Nah, it was me. <laughs> this way, on the other hand, I've been seeing with families and just going back around town, everyone's like, hey, how does this student do? And I'm like, actually, this is what's going on. And then teachers and like advisors at schools are hugging me and telling me, hey, you're my idol. I was like, I don't know if I'm your idol, but I am. I thank you. Thank you for that comment. <laughs> I always got to remember, be humble. Don't tell someone just because what they feel is making you feel awkward that it isn't valid. So I just say, thank you for feeling that way. And thank you for allowing me to help these students. Because like West Sound Tech lets me come in and talk to students anytime because they've seen the 15 kids that I've enlisted from there are all doing well. Mm -hmm. They all come back and like prospect with them. They all come back and talk with the classes. And so them seeing that, they actually trust me now because they thought I was just coming in blowing up smoke and saying, hey, I'm going to help kids get jobs and go to school. But who really, what recruiter really comes back and never actually sees and talks to the school kids again about who they've helped so the school actually can see something tangible and go, oh, yes, yes, mm -hmm. you did. So that's one thing. That's one thing that I love about this job. Not really all the extra stuff that we got to do, but actually getting time to help someone that might be lost or have no idea what they want to do, but it's saving them from doing something stupid in the end, or just getting stuck somewhere and not knowing that there's tons of options in the state. Mm -hmm. Tons. I I have to agree with everything that he said. Um, I think one of the things that I like most about this job is that for a little while I was feeling like man, I'm not, not getting my hands dirty. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not fixing a helicopter and, and see it fly. You know what I mean? To go off and do cool things. I'm not doing that. What am I doing? I am, I am recruiting somebody into the National Guard. What does that mean to me? That's huge. That's, that's huge. And sometimes you just got to step back and be like, you know what? It's not always going to be so cool and fun. You know what I mean? It, um, you know, it might be, you know, really hard work. Um, you might not be able to see it right away, the product, um, but you will. Um, I think that it's super important to know that, you know, we have, I don't know, maybe the most important job. We have to man, Absolutely. We, we have to man the force. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of people that can do our job. You know what I mean? It mm -hmm. takes trial and error. Um, we have a really high turnover rate right now. Um, but I don't know. It's just, um, it just, and then who, who supports you too? Um, I really um, have, you know, built a family with an RRB. You know what I mean? Um, I grew up with, you know, some 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 E5s, and we promoted E6, and now 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 look at us. And then and then maybe in a couple of years, you know, you know we we can we can move on up too. So I, mm -hmm. I really like that, um, you know, I, I I I see familiar faces wherever I go in RRB, and it's just like nothing ever changes. You know, um, you're always supported, you're always backed. Um, you know, even when the going gets rough. Mm -hmm. So. What are some of the, the challenges? I mean, what's the hardest part about recruiting? <sighs> One of the hardest parts of recruiting is like what Sergeant Garrett said. When you first come in, trying to break yourself yeah. from what you know. And that was one reason why I started Definitely. going to the streets. Because I've done 10 years in the lab. I was set behind a computer. So when they told me to make phone calls, I would notice that I got stuck in the office just making phone calls all day. And I was like, I actually really haven't did anything. Yeah. So I would tell myself I had to do for like six months. I did every event that possibly came up. I made sure I didn't. 
If I came to the office and I sat down, I got up immediately and left. Cause, I said, no. Because sometimes, yeah, because sometimes, you can, like when you're making those phone calls and you don't get a phone call and you're like, what did I do these three hours? What yeah. did I What did yeah. I even do with my time? But that's part of our job. You know mm. what I mean? I, I think a lot that, of I think that, yeah, I think that that might be the most challenging part for me is rejection. I, um, I, I, I sold the guard for years, well, you know, and, and every time <clears throat> I sold the guard, I was like, oh man, I, I, I did this. I, I signed up for this. That's so cool that I get, even when I hear it from, you know, my, my first sergeant, when he, when he, when he talks about the guard or, or even my, you know, section chief, when he talks about the guard, I'm like, man, this is, that's awesome. <laughs> like, so, you know, that's, um. Yeah, the, but the challenge is definitely rejection because so, all these cool things. That's what you know? gets a lot of recruiters in the beginning, too. They don't know how to handle that rejection. Yeah. So I told, like, I have three recruiters down in Kitsap with me now. I told them, you're going to get 99% no's and you're going to get one yes. That one yes, do not overreact. Yeah. You can't be a kid in a candy <laughs> store because now you gotta, you're going to lose that because you're being smothering now. Mm-hmm. Just, dump truck. Just take your time and just mm-hmm. act normal. But I was like, those no's, don't get mad because someone told you no. That doesn't mean it's over. I was like, haven't you ever said no to something and then two weeks later you wanted something else, you wanted it then? Just take that no and move it, put it in the no column for now. That's a maybe. Mm-hmm. Until they start cursing at you or something, then that's a no and leave them alone forever because, yeah, you don't want to be cursed. No one wants to be yelled at something when you're just, when all you're thinking about is I'm trying to help someone. I'm not trying to do anything wrong. I'm just trying to help you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. So I had to tell myself, a no doesn't mean no. Don't, don't get all distraught because I'm telling you, those first hundred no's I got when I first started making polls, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can keep taking no like this. And it might not just, they might not tell you no. They might just hang up in your face. They do. Or they might pass you around so that mom gets to tell you no, dad gets to tell (laughs) you heck no. Uh, uh, You know what I mean? There was one night where I was like, I can't, I can't call a single person if I'm going to get three people on the phone yelling at me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that another thing, um, Sergeant Williams is eligibility. You know what I mean? Because, because, you get you get that yeah this this sounds like a good deal that I want I like the guard but we run into you know eligibility and it's like how do we process this person can I process this person mm-hmm. and that's where research and the regulation is key <clears throat> um, and that takes a long time too I um, for the first several months I totally forgot that there were regulations that I should be I was just going from memory and you know my my trainer and you know what he was teaching me but there's 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 regulations that we follow that we need to dig now Deep. to this day I look in that regulation every single day mm-hmm. just so yeah make sure we're doing our make sure we're doing the best for the applicant because there's yeah. some things that you would be Wasted. Insane what people have on or what they're yeah. doing I'm like I don't I don't know it's new for me let me go look for this don't find it cool you you're okay, but yeah the you don't want to waste your time yeah and you don't want to waste your time yeah, yeah. and that was the biggest See? I want to say <laughs> as a recruiter you can actually tell that you are you you've made it that, and that to me that's the point when you know you've made it if you can have an appointment with someone and you know just talking for that first thirty minutes if it's someone that you can actually help or someone that is going to be a project or someone that you completely can't help and you're okay telling like listen I know you want to do this it's not going to work out and this is why. But if you can fix this or somehow laws and regulations change, then we, should, we can talk again. But in the beginning, a lot of recruiters, you can't, they don't know how to do that yet. And pocket. I didn't know that. I was working everybody, anybody, just because I wanted oh, yeah. to practice. But then. Got a 15 on the ASVAB. I'm, I'm building the packet. Yep. No, you're not building a packet. <laughs> you're no, you're burning not. yourself out. And that's oh, yeah. the, I can tell you, I've, I've learned a lot from this job and I've gotten great at everything. The only thing I have not mastered is the family. I, I haven't figured out how to intertwine my family life 
and recruiting, making it a happy balance. It's still, like in the beginning, it was 95% recruiting, 5% family. And then the command started getting on me, you need to spend time with your family. Then it went down to like 90% recruiting, 10% family. And then they're like, you need to take vacation. And then it went to, I'm going to say right now, about 80, 20 family. And even when I'm on vacation, I'm, when my family's sleeping, I still help people. I tell them, hey, I'm on vacation. This is the times you can call me. They're sleeping. I can handle and fix anything at that time. Don't call me at any other time because wow. I'm not going to get yelled at. That's rough. Yeah. That's the, that's the hardest part for me with recruiting is yeah. just that now. But everything else I pretty much have down, and I can assist and help people. But that happy balance, I haven't figured that out yet. That mm-hmm. – that, um I'd have to agree with that. Yeah. Um, I've actually been pretty lucky. My first year in recruiting, I was commuting. And let me tell you, don't commute. Just move. Just try. Just move, you know, 30, 30 minutes close mm-hmm. to work. Don't commute. It, it makes it makes a hard life. So my first year was especially around here. Oh, yeah. Yes. My first year was a little rough. Um, but when you're successful in recruiting um, and you and you are good with your time you're efficient with your time um look there was one time where um one of one of our old commanders was like sergeant Gerhardt, um you know what do you like about our or or why are you trying so hard you know how how are you how are you so successful right now and i said ma'am um i got i i got an elementary schooler that i if 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 i could go pick her up from the bus stop after school her her the smile on her face and her excitement is it's worth it to me. So if, if I can do as much as I can on, on a Monday or and a Wednesday to be able to leave work at a little bit early to go get my baby off the bus, off the bus, mm-hmm. um, that's it for me right there, you know? And she was like, I, I never, I never, never heard that before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, you know, the extra money or, or, or awards or accolades or anything. It's just those, those small little things for mm-hmm. me. Yep. That's what I started doing. When I noticed I was spending too much time at work, I would start my daughter's elementary school. I would contact the principal and her teacher. And before Corona, I would go in there and read books. But then I would also, you know, pitch the guard to the teachers because they're our age group that we're looking for or the parents. Like before <laughs> Corona happened, I was supposed to take a striker and the rock wall there. But then Corona happened and knocked all those dreams out of the way. But I was going to talk to everybody while I still got to be around my daughter and she can see me and not think I'm just working all the time. Mm-hmm. That's funny, Sergeant <laughs> Williams. I, um... Right now we have a vacancy in Auburn, and I, I and I live in Auburn, and I recruited in Auburn, and um, I set up some school visits, some lunchroom visits, because my daughter's a freshman there. Oh, nice. So um, I'm s- standing there. I said, Layla, will you wear this T-shirt? Will you wear this guard T-shirt? And she's like, No, mommy. I said, Layla, come on, please <laughs> wear this guard T-shirt. Will you at least say hi to me when I come to your school? She's like, Fine, I'll, I'll say hi. And I'm like, Teenagers. <laughs> So I thought that was I'm cool. going to do that same thing when she's there. See? My daughter gets to high school and teen. I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> she doesn't know it, but that's what <clears throat> happened. So I got a question. The stuff I, that so, we do. <laughs> I'm in the guard myself, right? So I'm, uh, I'm in the 122nd T-Pace, uh, Sergeant First Class as well. Um, over the years, I've – so – all right. How am I going to phrase this? One week in a month, two weeks a year. That's how it was always sold, you know. Um, but being in the guard and noticing how much more work that we actually put in, yes. it, mm-hmm. and and the extra time that we we have to, you know, you know, longer drills, mm-hmm. you know, w- meetings at night, you know, stuff like that. How how do you success? How do you sell that 
So I portion. don't sell that. I sell the unit. So that's one benefit of being in the guard. When people start telling me what jobs they want and careers, I tell them the locations. Yeah. And then they tell me, okay, well, I want Seattle. Then I tell them all of the units in Seattle that they can go to. And once they pick one, I tell them everything about the unit. If they do annual uh, drills in the summer, not in the summer, they can just do yeah. it whenever they want. Or they where they go in the summertime. And if I don't know the answer, I call that unit right on the dot, especially if it's Tuesday through Friday, mm-hmm. and say, hey, what do you guys, how do you guys drill? Do you do quarterly? Where do you guys go in the summer? Where, where was the last place you guys that went was fun? Are you guys up for deployments? If they'd say all this stuff, the applicant hears as well. And yeah. then I say, is that something you want? And they go, no. Let's go okay. on to the next unit. Let's, and this is what I know about this unit. And then once they, they start hearing about the unit, they actually can actually put some. Because there's nothing we sell that's tangible. But the unit is tangible. That's Because that's somewhere they know they're going to be going. There's It's brick and mortar. So once you start selling them on something they can actually what they're working for. Hey, they want the job, they want the career, they want the benefits. But if you, you can si- kind of silence those fears of where they're going because they don't know where they're going. They haven't seen their unit. They don't know anyone there. And then I either if it's a really good unit, I take them there and so they can meet it. If it's a bad oh. unit, I let them know, like, hey, you might have some struggles there. So do you want this place or not? If they say yes, I let them know, like, hey, you have someone fighting for you still. If it turns out to be struggles there, you can call me. I won't let the, the unit know that you call me, but I will go straight and fix whatever I possibly can. Mm-hmm. So that's you just I don't you don't sell the two weeks or the thirty eight days because that's relevant to somebody. And then you know, then we tell them can't promise them full time. So that's another way around. I say like, I can't promise you full time. I can show yeah. you how to get full time, mm-hmm. but this first part of your whole career is going to be you doing something, learning your job. So I wouldn't. I don't even sell the thirty eight days because that's kind of irrelevant to people okay. unless they talk about time. Like, you know, well, I don't know, man. Six years sounds like a lot. Then I tell them, it's not really six years. It's 222 <laughs> days over six years. And they go, wait, what? And then I say, yeah, active duty is 2,000 days over six years. Or 222. Same benefits but more. What do you want? And they go, oh, well, that one. I don't, I don't want. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. That's when I start talking time. But other than that, I don't really mention time because it's one thing that people don't mm. have, and that's one thing people don't like giving up. So until they start mentioning it, then I'll start talking to them about it. Got it. Definitely. Nice. At, the, at the bare minimum, you, um, you brief the – one week in a month and two weeks out of the summer. Um, depending on your unit, yeah, it, it's it's probably yeah. going to be a, a half of a Friday or a full Friday plus Saturday, Saturday Sunday. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, mobilizations. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't jump into the mutas and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I tell them once you're back from training, then I'll explain what mutas mean, what, how many days you get paid, what your 50 days a year mm-hmm. have to count for a good year. Mm-hmm. If you give people too much, they've... They just yeah. they forget everything and they oh, stop sure. learning the things they're supposed to learn before they get to basic. We try to baby step them, processing, get them in, then tell them a little more once they're at RSP drill, then tell them a little more when they're about to leave, then tell them a little more when they're leaving, mm-hmm. and then tell them a little more when they call you, let you know they're at basic. Like, all right, this is everything you need to start studying while you're in quarantine or while you're waiting. And then when they're at AIT, this is everything you need to start doing now, thinking about before you come home. Definitely. Prepping them for basic training is key. I think yes. that um, – we sometimes find a lot of joy at RSP drills, um, you know, grooming our soldiers. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so you guys run RSP? Or we you... do. Mm-hmm. And it's Tell great. me about that. You want to go first? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have RSP drill um, f- for 
for and that stands for uh, re- the recruit sustainment program. So all the other branches they have some sort of a, a debt program. program. So like the they they enlist into the delayed entry program and they're kind of just like in limbo before they ship. Um, but we have this recruit sustainment program that allows them to get paid while training um, before they ship to basic. Okay. Um, and during those drills, we do um, all sorts of training. So we have red phase, which is like your your crawl phase. We have sharp training, EO, um, you know, drill and ceremony, just the basic tasks. Kind of gives them a, a leg up. Going, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. going to basic. Sure. It helps them like the first Like if you already know how to basic. march and stuff. Definitely. <laughs> they learn rank structure. They learn yeah. their three general orders. Mm-hmm. They learn their army song, soldier's creed. They learn a lot during that red phase. That way, so when we start white phase and doing actual skill level 10 training, which is like, you know, maneuvering weapons hmm. yeah we start uh, building their confidence right yes. right now um and so they can and we work as a team so they can lean on their buddies um the unit. yeah and it also helps them when they're way too because some of them actually ship to the same training sites and if they have a familiar face oh for sure they're less afraid or that anxiety of actually being alone is kind of it's not it's not as high and that's probably why we have a lot of people that actually complete training. Like, yeah. I've had nobody, no training pipeline losses. I don't even need to knock on wood because I know they're all coming home. For, mm-hmm. for the, we train them properly. Oh, for sure. And for the most part, we try to use the Recruit Sustainment Program as a um, recruiting tool, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, you got some friends that want to, you know, check, come check this out. We're doing um, combat water survival, you know, on Sunday's drill. Mm-hmm. Um you guys go that far? Y- yeah. Do all all, the- all- we do- wow. We do land now. Yeah. Do the repel- we do the rappel tower. It's confidence a- course. Yeah, confidence course. It's uh, a lot of fun. Combatives. We did a we did a ropes course before. Oh, yeah. So oh, wow. um, we do the ropes too. Yeah. Thinking about doing some airsoft here in the future, but you know, th- just that um, oh, we do our fun stuff on Sundays. Sunday, same here. Okay, perfect. And uh, you know, it it's a Saturday's recruiting tool. Saturday's paperwork and official stuff, so they can get paid. And we know that we actually taught them something. <clears throat> then we want to. Yes. We don't want to keep it like all just like I said, robotic, where people just feel like. I showed up. Yeah, I got paid, but this is the most dullest thing. So we, we get to, we do yeah. we do training on Sunday that we know will interest them because it interests us because we're coming up that with you're, it. They're probably not ever gonna do if they weren't yes. you know mm-hmm. if they weren't in the guard. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it like like I said, it's a huge um referral tool for for Sergeant Gerhardt back 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 then. Uh, I didn't have any guests that go to drill because you're joining before you go to drill. Mm-hmm. Okay, because this is what we're going to do this drill. Doesn't that sound fun? Okay. Um, <laughs> so let's go to the MEPS. <laughs> but no, it's, it's a great program. I, I love it. Like, I love RSP. It really does help. You can see the kids actually grow. You can oh, yeah. see that gives us time with them when they're, so if they do have fears or they have questions. We like uh, Arias said, we'll let them know. This is where you make mistakes. You will ask questions and you will make every mistake. That way, by the time you leave, you'll know how to fix that mistake if it happens. Or if when you're there and you see someone making those same mistakes, you'll be, you can help. Because I told them, I was like, when you get to basic, you watch the active duty and the reserve people. Tell me how, how, how much further ahead of you of them were you. Yeah, I was and just going to ask. all of them say, oh, yeah, sorry, I had to help all of them. I don't know what's wrong with them. And they all tell me to, when I tell them that I'm guard, they're like, you should go active. And then by the time I'm leaving there and going to AIT, I'm going home, they're like, can I go to guard with you? I, I don't want to do active anymore. I'm so tired of duties and all this stuff. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about feedback. Did you get any, like, feedback from the the soldier when yes. they're in ba- after they come back from basic like how yeah yes we have to so how when everyone returns they RSP get helped them they have to check in with us for like the, within three days and we debrief them try to give them some normalcy back show them like hey yeah we, we, you're all high strung now you got you're all moto you got the army in you you're home 
decompress a little bit, but not yeah. too much. Still keeping regulations, still keep your hair where it's supposed to, keep your uniform ready to go, because drill is coming up, and we're gonna need you to talk to all the people that were you before. Now you're gold phase. You've done and finished all your training. We need you to go and talk to blue phase, which is the people who are within uh, 60 to 90 days shipping the basic, and red phase, and the white phase. Just let them know your struggles while you're away and how you overcame them. And then we try to, tell, to keep it simple. Don't tell them about anything specific to you that happened. Mm -hmm. If it happened to the whole, bring it up. But if it specifically happened to you, don't scare a kid because, oh my God, you fell off a, a rope. That doesn't happen to everybody. Mm -hmm. You don't need to tell them they're gonna fall off ropes. <laughs> you're gonna put that in their head and they're gonna get on the rope and they're gonna yeah, fall yeah. off the rope. Just <laughs> yeah. keep that to yourself, but just give them encouragement on how something happened and how you fixed it. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't fix it, I'm gonna show you how to fix it. And I wish you would've called me. Um, oftentimes our our recruits come back with, um, you know, distinguished honor grads just they because do. of their training. Oftentimes that happens. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had five distinguished honor grads yeah. that I've enlisted come back. Just because of the training that we give them before they leave. Do you guys, so, so our uh, recruiting runs the R RSP weekends yeah. and, and are you guys also participate? You guys show up yes. and, and, yeah. and do all that? All yep. of us. So area seven, we are uh, RSP NCOs as well. We have three, we have a NCOIC and two. They help facilitate everything. Like they do all the, I guess the order. They they order the food. Planning. They make sure the planning and everything. Planning. They do all the logistics. But we run it, and we they break us up in groups. So some will have two or three NCOs running white phase because that's the skill level stuff. Then we'll have one running red phase because that's just going over basic knowledge and introduction to the the guard from the blue book. Mm -hmm. Then we have a couple one running gold phase just to make sure that the gold phasers when they show up to rain at reception that they're okay. That we've already checked their documents. They did their PHA online. So when they're showing up, they're not a big headache for the state as well. It's just a smoother transition. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we, we break up and we rotate so that way we don't get complacent and one recruiter is just doing blue face for the whole career. No, you got to know everything. That way if someone's out or gone to a school, everyone knows how to cover down. Mm -hmm. But, again, I'm telling you, it helps us identify anything with our soldiers. And they and that, that oh, yeah. team building that we told them that, hey, you're going to be a team while you're at basic, they see us working as a team as well. And it shows them that there's a group of NCOs that are actually working together. Because when they get the basic, I told them, I was like, you're gonna have four NCOs there and they're gonna be attacking you. And they're gonna be telling you, one's gonna be telling you you're doing something right, and the next one's gonna be telling you you're doing it wrong. You're gonna be confused. Mm -hmm. But watch us. I, I always tell all my soldiers, watch all of the NCOs, how we interact with each other at RSB. You'll see that we treat each other with respect. You'll see that we're helping each other. You'll see that we're coming to help you. I was like, you saw me yesterday. I, I told them, I was like, I help recruits that are not even mine because we're supposed to help each other. We identify struggles and we fix them. And if we can't fix them, we're gonna struggle together. Mm -hmm. We do the 0801 counselings, which is basically um, any changes that they've had since they've um, joined. Um, and some of these recruits are in RSP for months, so anything can can you know happen within them. They could get married, right. you know, their girlfriend could have a baby. Now we're looking at a family care plan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they they could move, they graduate high school, any, any sort of sort of hardships that we identify, medical issues. So um, that's something that happens during RSP. So that way, um, when it gets down to the ship date, we, you know, we have pretty good ship rates. We you do. know what I mean? So that way um, we can identify anything and take care of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we do get feedback <clears throat> from them too, just not at RSP. So when drill's over, we do, we AR. do sit down yeah, and make yeah. sure we tell them, if you didn't like the food, let us know. If you some of the training was boring or if it was great, let us know because this will help us curtail this and make it better for the next group that's coming each mm -hmm. month. Hardly any complaints about the food. Let's be real, Sergeant yeah, Williams. They, we, <laughs> we get catered, we get catered um, from Dickie's, Eleanor yeah. Barbecue. It's like you guys are getting spoiled. Yeah. Way, way more than I told them. I was like, we didn't have this when I first joined. Heck no. When I got there, I was like, ah, this RSP thing, I wish we would have had it. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And they get paid, and they, they get time yeah. off their contract and everything while they're just going through while they're just learning about basic training. Learning about basic training. Hmm. Um, we could start wrapping up the conversation, um, but I want to kick it back to you guys if there's anything else we, we didn't talk about that you want to say. Anything um, that we might have missed? I, I guess I guess I just wanted to just briefly talk about the struggle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That that initial struggle. You just got to persevere. You know, if if I if I was talking to a a brand new recruiter and and they're not really sure what they should be doing, hey, look at the NG NG Pam six zero one one. It'll tell you. It'll break it down what you should be doing. Okay. Um, also, reach out to your leaders if there's something that you're struggling with or that you need think that you need tra- training on. Um, definitely reach out, but this is, you know, something that you got to do for yourself. Like I said, this is the biggest boy program you could ever be on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if there's something else that you need, you gotta, you gotta let your leadership know. Um, but hang in there. Cause the, the being successful, it's like, you know, you can get addicted to it. Okay. And for, like I was saying earlier that Sergeant Williams and I came up, um, I know that I struggled for a little for a little while, um, but the um, yeah. the good things outweigh <clears throat> the bad for sure. They mm-hmm. definitely do. Yeah, it just t- it takes a little time. I guess the only thing I would like to end with is, if you're in the guard, come be a recruiter. Come try it out. Come try out as an ADOS. Come Challenge yourself, OTLT. right? Come, Challenge yourself. Come see what what can be that initial response of helping the force because that's what we're doing. We're finding good people to mm-hmm. serve with. So if you don't like anyone you're serving with, come be a recruiter and start finding those people. Mm-hmm. If you know people, especially if you know people that want to join, you should help out the state. Tell them what you've been through, what the state has done for you, what the guard has done for you, what your career has. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, people run into people every day, but they just dismiss them. They don't say anything to them. But if you're in the guard and you're still in, you know there's something good. You should be spreading that gospel as well. And then again, nice. just come work in recruiting. Come try it out. I'm telling you, you would love it. Okay. Makes me want to go recruit. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm recruiting people by telling the story of what we do. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for yeah, having yeah. us. Yeah. Yes, thank you. No, thanks again. And, if you ever uh, want us again, pretty... I'm, I'm, my schedule's open. I would yeah. be happy to come again. It, you know, you know it, it would be nice to do like a like a, a, a one-out, not, not, not like have you and, and one of your recruits Oh, definitely. You know, who are in RSP, and then also somebody who has gone through basic and is at their unit all in the same room and talking about the. That's a know, good thought. That's if, definitely That would be interesting. If you would have liked the James family when the last sister oh, gets geez. back, yeah. I, would, they, I know all five would yeah. love to because they did a commercial with NGB already. Oh, yeah. And I know the five of them would have something they would like so to do. So yeah. he, when I was at the MEPS in 2020, he enlisted <laughs> just a family of James sisters <laughs> and a fiance or husband. <laughs> and I was brother, like, yeah. Look at this guy go. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. So just hard work paying off, huh? No, they're just a good family. A yeah. really good family. Yeah. Initially started with the brother, Very and then good. the sisters all wanted in, and then the brother wanted in, and now they're all back except for two. And they have, I w- did, did drill with the two last weekend just to check on them, just to make sure the husband and the wife, they're doing fine over in aviation. And then I checked in on Mark because he's at 741st. He's doing fine, and now I'm just coaching the other two to get back. Nice. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Okay, well, thanks again, and we will end it here.